welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Yo. And Mike Ozivovich. Hello. And today we are talking uh, nuggets of training camp, and we're going to talk Rookie draft picks and a history of rookie draft picks to kind of back us up of what we think of them. Basically, you know, what, what's the true value of a rookie pick? You know, when people are offering you, hey, man, I can get a third and fourth round pick for That's what everyone Frank wants Gore. to know, man. Yeah. Like in my like, uh, startup dynasty league from last year, well, the, the redraft transition to dynasty, you know, some people are apprehensive because they don't know the true value of the picks for trades. You know, um, so like for trading draft picks and things of that nature. So they're a little apprehensive, you know, like I know what's better for them. So I know they'll like Dynasty more in like three years, but they don't understand that they yeah. like Dynasty more because they don't know the value of draft picks. So they're apprehensive to make trades and things of that nature. So thus, they should be listening to this show. They might learn a thing yeah. or two. You better shoot them a text tomorrow right. morning. Like, hey, that's right. Get your ears ready for some awesomeness. Uh, the the biggest thing I say about uh, I think I think the biggest mistake some people make is they treat them like NFL draft picks. You know they're like, well I I can't get that's a third round pick man that's that's a quality pick. Meanwhile back at the back cave, mm. a third round pick is not that great. Not no that's hindsight. that's probably like to me that's where like it ends. You, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean like in terms of uh, the value. Or yeah. whatever. You can get a slight bit of value in trade for a third round, but after fourth round, it's all just fluff. And right, exactly. Yeah. Like, hey, I'll, I might make a deal, or generally speaking, may, might want to make a deal on draft day for a fourth round pick just because I have a, I just so happen to like some random guy that I hope pans out, knowing damn well he's not probably going to. Yeah, but, but you, when you're you, making you trades, you like that long shot, and you know that you know the pick as itself is so cheap, it's worth the gamble. Right, on. absolutely. But like when you're making those deals, you see all this fluff. You know, you, someone will ask you like, "What do you think of this trade?" And you remove all the all the fluff out of the way. I mean, if someone's like. You have all these like fourth and fifth and sixth round picks. It's like that. Those picks mean nothing. I mean, to me. And really, the third rounds aren't really. I mean, that's third rounds are, almost meaningless to me. I mean, right. if we go back to 2007 in our rookie draft, right off the top of the get uh, bat, and the third, the first pick in the third round was Drew Stanton. The second pick in the third round was Trent Edwards. The third pick in the third round, well, I don't know where that is, but the fourth pick in the third round was Garrett Wolf. Mike Walker was in the third Northern round. Northern Illinois. Brian Garrett Leonard Wolf. was yeah. in the third round. Troy Smith was in the third round in 2007. Right. I mean, you know, Jacoby Jones is in the third, you know, this is 2007, so this is eight years ago. So they would have panned out by now. <laughs> I think we would have known where they would have still holding out hope. Garrett Wolf is uh, good. I think Troy Smith, you know, I met yeah. Troy Smith a couple of times. He's a good guy. I think he can come back and uh, be a quality producer here. And uh, Well, that's what ooh. the radio content sounds like when you around here. The Browns need a quarterback. Hey, it's just like Troy Smith. Yeah, way to go, genius. So, yeah, third-round picks are... Again, the biggest thing I think is first round and second round picks. If you really want to try and add value to your your team, you want to go a first and second round pick. Third round picks and fourth round picks, especially fourth, fifth. You know, we hold six round rookie drafts. They're literally they're useless. They hold they hold almost no value unless like you know, the, you know what a third round pick or fourth round pick would get you? Justin Blackman. Yeah, I just you know, 
In somebody who just trades, wants to unload yeah. somebody because right. right. they, they want to take a gamble on somebody. Like, hey, I'll trade you, you know, uh, Stephen Jackson, who's not even a roster for a fourth round pick. But okay, you know, sure, why not? Right. Uh, like those, those, those are the type of things I like. Hey, once you have a deal in place or whatever, and you're close, you throw those picks on at the end just for the heck of it, just for the shot in the dark. It's like a lottery ticket. You know what I mean? Like, and. A fourth round pick. Yeah, but it's, don't it's ever great like fluff. right. Like don't don't use it. Don't take it. Right. Exactly. You know Hashtag what I mean. Hashtag give it. Give I it mean, again. I would take. No, I would take a fourth round pick. Like in this terms conversation of, could get misconstrued pretty quickly. Right, talking yeah. about giving and taking. Right? <laughs> you better sit over there and take my fourth round pick. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is, like, say you do have a deal in place, though. And granted, most most as we. If you just certainly pointed out, even third, a lot of third round picks aren't even really panning out. Well, 2007 but, was a horrible rookie draft class, too, by the okay, way. Okay, so you're just trying to prove a point. So you skewed. No, the I don't know. That's, it's, that it's, you it's, gave us. Uh, when I went back to look at all the rookie picks that we had, I only started keeping record in 2007 okay. for some reason. Yeah. I have uh, I have one person's rookie picks written down every year from 2006. You took Vince Young in the first round. Ooh, um, brutal. And, and, and that, I knew Vince Young would be terrible. Yeah, and nobody else was literally, I, I don't even know who some of these people are. From 2006, like Ingle Martin, Skylar Green, Will Blackman, PJ Daniels, and Jeff King. Thanks for uh, making me look terrible. Who are these people? I could tell you who they well, are. I hope right. so. You <laughs> and that's yeah. why it took Mike a while to get back over the hump. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, late round picks, again, these rookie picks, they're very important in Dynasty. Again, when you play Dynasty fantasy football, this is how you build a Dynasty through your rookie draft and through trades. And you shouldn't be able, you shouldn't be afraid to trade players for rookie drafts during rebuilds. And you shouldn't be, a, the biggest thing is, I think out of all this, is you should never be afraid to give up a draft pick for a good player. Right. Especially a first round pick. And I know everybody's so quick to say, I can't give up my first round pick. I'm going to get the next superstar. And we've said it, you know, tons of times here on the podcast that there's so few f- superstars in the league as it is that the odds of you getting a superstar in your, you know, your first round are pretty slim as it is. I mean, top probably three or four guys a year, maybe. A couple. Maybe. Yeah, and usually those guys are usually at the top end of the draft right. as it is anyways. And, again, you, so many people you, – I'll see so many people hesit, be hesitant to grab a, a quality player like a Marshawn Lynch or somebody for a first-round pick when that player can help you win now. And, again, if you're in win-now mode, that you're going to have a late first-round pick. And, again – those every every pick that goes by decreases your odds of getting that next quality great player. And again, we'll review some of these years here uh, in a minute. But again, you shouldn't hesitate to trade a first round pick to get instant reward. No, even if it's just one or two years. I mean, otherwise you're waiting on some of these guys for years who are clogging up a roster spot who never pan out in the first place. Right. And at the same time, you should definitely not be afraid to trade away players to get as many draft picks as you can. To increase your odds of hitting on such rookie pick to help you get to the next level. Right, that's what makes Dynasty great. I mean, it's a big cycle. There's there's guys that are just about to hit their championship run. There's guys that are just trying to hang on, still do a championship run, and there's guys at the bottom that are trying to rebuild. And that's what you know. It kind of keeps it all flowing. As long as you're not the guy stuck in the middle. Right. Don't be don't, stuck in the middle. We say that all the time. Don't ever be stuck in the middle. That's that's when you just blow it up because that's the worst place to be because you get middle of the road talent that keeps you in the middle of the road and you go nowhere. So. Yeah, but before we get into uh, these rookie draft picks and these rookie years as well, let's talk a little bit about what's going on this week in training camp. Uh, obviously, the big news today as we record on Tuesday night is Arian Foster. Hearn is growing, 
likely needing surgery. So Arian Foster is hurt the first week of training camp. Water is still wet. The sky is still blue. Your guys' reaction to Arian Foster going down? I mean, he's a soft tissue issue, like soft tissue issue type of guy. You know, he always like has these little soft tissue things going on, and he gets right. another one. And it sounds like um, he's going to have the surgery, and and he's going to be. It looks like they're going to be doing the IR designated return. Yeah, which is week eight, and they have a bye week in week nine. So you're looking at week ten till Arian Foster comes back. Right. And I've already got, I've already been inundated with questions on Twitter. Should I sell Aaron Foster? And I'm like, no. Why would no. you sell him now? Yeah, this is his, this value has dropped completely. Right. You know what I mean? You want to buy Aaron Foster if you're say. a contender right now because people are going to be dumping off on him. They're going to be done with him because right. you know us. You know, if you're an Aaron Foster owner, you have like to be frustrated. Like me in the RSO league. Oh, bummer, man. Yeah. Ooh, realitysportsonline.com. Burn. How much yeah. you uh, you pay big money for him? I can't remember. I was trying to look it up. Like okay. I'm pretty like positive I have uh, Arian sucker. Foster. Yeah. So yeah, what I would what I would do is I would just wait. You know, if I'm an Arian Foster owner right now, what I'm doing in my dynasty league is I'm not selling because his value is just too low. It doesn't make sense to sell right now. What you do is you wait until week ten when he comes back and he plays well, and somebody else already you know when, when eight other running backs have already been injured by week ten. And somebody's making that championship push. So you know, then, yeah, then you grab Arian Foster for. Yeah, a, don't sell when his first. values at the low at the low point. Hopefully, um, hopefully your league has like an IR spot like ours, and so you could just stash, stick, him, stash him on the IR all year, and then whenever you know, whenever he does come back, hopefully he does come back. I mean, sometimes those do get converted into the full year IRs if the guys aren't ready. But hopefully he comes back this year and you can, uh, like like Rich said, unload him or something, man. And you got Alfred Blue there. Alfred Blue, as of right now, is going to be the starter. Chris Polk likely the backup. But they're probably going to bring somebody in. I know I, I read a report already that Pierre Thomas is coming in for a visit. Chris Johnson's still out there. Ahmad Bradshaw is still out there as well. Could Ben Tate be destined to go back there? Or ben not? Tate is terrible. He's going nowhere. <laughs> what about Ray Rice? I, I I still don't see anybody ever touching Ray. Ray. Yeah. I really I don't see it. I was just throwing. Does that mean you know? Just and I think if somebody name. Chris Johnson, did you say Chris? Chris Johnson, Johnson yeah. he might get a phone call as well. Uh, Ray Rice. I mean, I think Ray Rice is kind of done because I, I think everybody would be afraid to touch Ray Rice this year. And I think as soon as he could probably get a touch is maybe late in the year, early next year. And by then, for a running back who was already playing bad before he got suspended. Not looking good for Ray Rice. So, I mean, Pierre Thomas be a nice add there to go with Alfred Blue. I mean, Alfred Blue looked okay last year in his opportunity. So, he was a nice snag in your rookie draft late round. Uh, you know, if you got him. Uh, and, again, Chris Polk would probably after that. And then there's Jonathan Grimes. I mean, Jonathan Grimes has nice upside. I mean, that's really rough for Houston, though, man, because you know they were going to really lean on Aaron. Hurts Foster. DeAndre Hopkins, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, hurts the whole offense because you know they were going to try to run the heck out of the ball because their quarterback situation sucks. So, I mean, that's a big blow. They might even try to, you know, actually trade for somebody that's useful instead of just going scrap heap. Yeah, I mean, Kristen Michael's out there. I mean, I'm not saying he's available for trade. He might be somebody interested in, uh, you know, just somebody out there or any other running back. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think who would be it's out so, there they could it's trade so, for. It's so, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess, like, times have changed a little bit, but it's very seldom do you see trades like that go down in the NFL. I know things have changed over the last couple years. You've seen a little bit more you know, a few more deals, but once... Before the know, draft, there was tons of deals. 
It was like but, Christmas. Right. But I mean, like at, at this point in the, you know, you, yeah. you only see like ancillary. What, I mean, yeah. what, what about going to his boy Bill Belichick up there, seeing if he could pry away, you know, Jonas Gray or somebody like that? Same same kind of system. Yeah, but you might as well just, you know, and, sign and, I'm on Bradshaw and keep Alfred Blue. You know, but if but if he knows the system, they have a pretty complex system there. I could, I mean, I could just see it. I could see something like that, a little conditional pick getting changed hands or something like that. But whoever it is, don't be overly excited because now. Again, I mean, they need Arian Foster to really help out the offense. I've heard good things about Jalen Strong already, that he looks really good in his route running, which uh, he was always really, he did well as it was. And again, DeAndre Hopkins is a stud, but this hurts. I mean, this hurts everybody in Houston. I mean, it just becomes another, you know, toxic situation. You really don't want, not not in the future, like you still want DeAndre Hopkins, but if you hired him this year and you had high hopes of starting him for high points, you're like, oh, man, this kind of hurts. It's going to knock him back a little bit in, like, redraft rankings. Right. You know, where the running game kind of protects DeAndre Hopkins, they they can't really load up on him. Um, now he's going to be getting doubled more because they know they don't have a bona fide running back there to take the pressure off. If you own Alfred Blue, you're ecstatic. Well, yeah, his value just went way You just up. got to run him back, too, out of nowhere. Well, right, because you, you take him, he's the, you know, fourth, fifth-round lottery tick. You know, you just... Hey, you take them and just hope it pans out. And you probably took them based off of the fact you're just like, I don't know much about Alfred Blue, but Arian Foster gets injured all the time. Arian Foster gets injured all the time, so why not? Yep. And it came true. So. Uh, yeah, so it, it, it is. Uh, Kevin White's hurt right now. He's got a shin issue. They don't know when he's going to come back. That kind of hurts when you definitely have a raw talent like him. Duke Johnson's hurt. Duke Johnson's hurt. That hurts him as well. That's a, that's a hamstring. Hamstring. Mm-hmm. Um, for for as a, so as the season's about to start, we have to get back into rhythm here. Alan Hearns starting ahead of Marquise Lee right now. I don't think any of us here are surprised by that, right? Uh, it doesn't surprise me. Anything I've in and not being like a the the Her, the Hearns homer, just anything that I've read about Marquise Lee is just hasn't been positive. Right, he's always seems to have like just consistency issues that the coaching staff is it's kind of like driving the coaching staff crazy. Right, and we've always questioned his heart. Like he's just right. one of those players who doesn't really seem like. You know, like 10 years on the road, he'll be one of those guys, but I never really liked football. You know what I mean? I was just kind of good. I was a good athlete. I kind of was just good at it, but I never really liked it that much. It's funny, like the, well, you know, now I'm trying to think back, like not the year that he came out, but the year prior, he was like, what, number two wide receiver in the country at that time, you know, yeah. the USC he was so sweet. And then, then he had some issues and then. I'm 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 missing the timeline, but he had a really good year where he was like elite one two right. in the country. Had it some his t- last year there, he, he was he was down. He had yeah, down. yeah. I was, so, and it seems like all that stuff's kind of coming back to fruition. So, Absolutely. I'd be looking, I'd be looking to buy Alan Hearns if I could. I really would. I think he does end up starting. He did have some really big games last year as you know a late round rookie pick. I think he somebody has really good upside. And just one of those guys that, even though people know he did quite well yesterday, they're still thinking Marquise Lee. They're thinking uh, Julius Thomas. They're thinking Allen Robinson. And Allen Robinson reports are he looks terrific and picking up right where he left off in the Same year Julius last year. Thomas. Time. Julius Thomas is looking great as well. But like Aaron Foster, well, he could be, be an injury away. Uh, yeah, but he, he's looking true. he is looking good as we speak. But Allen right. Hearns, his speed and his size, he's somebody that you can buy that might give you like high end wide receiver, low end wide receiver two. Uh, not high end wide receiver, high end wide receiver three numbers that you can get for probably relatively cheap, you know. And for somebody that you might be able to start and consistently start for a long time, right? Because yeah. someone probably, I mean, I'll probably picked them up off a of waiver, so you know, 
based off of some of the things that we've said over time, if you pick somebody up off of waivers, it's kind of nice when you trade and you make flip that. Them. Yeah, you flip them. You know what I mean? So someone, like Rich was saying, that the value there, like you could get him probably relatively cheap because no one really has probably a true investment in them. It's probably a waiver wire pickup or a late he, round pick. Right, exactly. And a couple other guys, just a quick nuggets on there. Are, so far, I mean, obviously you got to take all this with a grain of salt. We're talking week one of training camp. Yeah, I don't. But, right. I mean, you have to You keep your eye on these guys now. Because I remember back when Victor Cruz first came on. It was, it's, it, that's where it all started. He Absolutely. started to look good. And, you know, first preseason game, bam, this guy's putting up big numbers. I think he got like three touchdowns in a game. And this is where it starts. So is it, you know, end all, be all? No. But these are guys, if you have room, you pick up. Or you try and maybe get for cheap. Or you at least keep your eye on Throw and, on your and be ahead list. of the curve. Absolutely. Yep. Now, the couple other guys now who was definitely drafted high was Cody Latimer. Last year, so far out of coming out of camp, he's catching everything. Are the reports, which is which is expected because he caught tons of balls at Indiana uh, and looked great. And another guy who's if you if you're on Twitter, you kind of know his name. You've been following him, but Albert Wilson in Kansas City reports. You know, if you go back a couple months ago, Albert Wilson was like, "Hey, this guy's probably going to start now." And then Jeremy Macklin came along, and they're you know they're like, oh, "Okay, his name kind of disappeared." But now already back, his name's popping back up here in Kansas City. That him and Alex Smith are have a really good rapport together, and there's a really good chance he can start. He's a tiny guy. He's a slot receiver, right? Like five yeah. nine, five ten ish. At the same time, though, I mean, he's in Kansas City, which hurts, but still, just an Albert Wilson, somebody who quite possibly might be on your waiver wire, might start. Right. And an NFL team. And again, that's somebody you want to have. You know, even if he's a wide receiver four or wide receiver five, you don't know where he can end up. And, you know, due to injuries, he might be somebody you want to add to your waiver wire. Well, he, your he's team. one of those guys that, you know, Alex Smith doesn't throw down field very, very often. So, I mean, slot receivers are important for that kind of offense. And, you know, we, who knows how Jeremy Macklin's going to fit in. But, I mean, obviously, he's going to steal. Terrifically. <laughs> just because you own him. Uh, Love Jeremy um, Macklin. But they, they obviously have a rapport. Him and uh, Alex Smith and Wilson have a rapport going a little bit. So, yeah, it is something to watch. Another, and Eddie Royal, too, by the way. Eddie Royal? The, people are talking. The last week and a half, I've heard so much Eddie Royal buzz coming out from, like, the local papers and stuff that he looks terrific. Don't be surprised if he does better than everybody thinks. And Eddie, Eddie Royals just come. I mean, I've seen. I'm just throwing it out there for all you guys. If he's on your waiver wire and you have a stash, he might be somebody. Definitely, this Kevin White news that he's banged up right now. Uh, Eddie Royal might be a guy you want to watch as well if he's if he's available. You know, what I mean, I'm not saying he's going to put up big things, but again, these are kind of guys. Because what's also nice about these guys is these are the kind of guys that all of a sudden they have like two or three good weeks in a row, and people jump the gun like Eddie Royal did in San Diego last year. He had like a couple good weeks, and people are like Eddie Royal, look at this. He's back, like back. Where, where, where? where he, back? <laughs> he never started from. Yeah, from that rookie year he had, like a million years ago. Yeah, so it, those are good guys to sell. You know, like Mike said, these are great guys you pick up off your waiver wire, and then all of a sudden you flip them for a couple of weeks later for a third round pick, or you know maybe somehow you can get a second. Because sometimes in mid season people throw away those seconds like they're nothing, right? And that's and, when you jump you on them. And you can't blame. I mean, that's a bad trade, but like you can't blame them for throwing away a second if you got a chance to win you're trying to do anything to you know well, if if you do have that injury anything to keep afloat you know so you got to take advantage of the situation and you were saying something Matt, before i uh cut you off oh just like a deep sleeper guy i, I read a good report on a guy um that i kind of had my eye on before the draft is uh but he went undrafted michael dyer yeah know, raider oakland raider running back right. he went to louisville uh i think before that he was in auburn 
But he, he that guy was like one of those guys that was like a five star high school recruit type of guy. But right, you know, I actually had a couple questions about him on Twitter this week. So I mean, I, he he's he's looked good in Raiders camp. I, I mean, I don't think their running back situation is. Settled, settled. settled. Oh, you don't settled think? in any way. You don't think? You, so. you mean Trent Richardson showing up fat <laughs> yeah. and 50-50 to make the roster, which I guarantee he does not make the roster? Right. So he's a guy that I, I would put on the watch list at this point. I don't think I'm you know jumping on him quite yet. Unless you got right. an open roster spot, and you know, right. then you just throw him on your thing and hope for the best. Throw but him on your what? Throw him on your roster. I said okay. thing. But I, uh, I'm just trying to clarify. Yeah, we don't we don't want any have any misconceptions of me. No. No. Right. <laughs> um but yeah, it's right. He's he's just one of those stash guys or, or watch list. And speaking guys. of Oakland, uh Michael Crabtree right. apparently again, this is week one, so everybody week, looks great. Everyone looks good. But I've already I've already I, I tweeted out a video of uh Amari Cooper. Uh, I saw, uh, well, you I saw did, it. Well I I didn't see your, the one that you tweeted out, but I did see a video of Amari Cooper and he looked so good, so just good. like he did in uh, his. Is that because you uh, don't follow combine. Rich? Or? <laughs> no, I. Um, no, I don't follow. No, I do follow. Everybody Rich. follow me at Dynasty Rich. I'm, I'm on there. No, it, it just tweet like, out sweet videos of Mari Cooper. You right. muted him. Didn't I you? muted him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you stop it over there with your nonsense <laughs> tweets. Mute. Yeah, he looks. I mean, he looks great already. And I it, can't hear him. That's <laughs> no. That's no surprise to me at all. And. You know, I I bet we can look back. Mari Cooper, man, I've seen a couple of drafts where he goes, he's slipped to four. And anybody that takes Kevin White over Amari Cooper, I'm sorry, you're just doing Dynasty wrong. You're doing it wrong. You are because this well, guy is. I'm telling you, Cooper. He's that's just a, that's a rich. Is, rich loves those bold statements. Bold. I, I, I'll stay away from that, man. Really, you would you would entertain the guy that has Devontae Parker ahead of uh, Kevin White would well that entertain that theory of taking no, Kevin I, White ahead of Mark No, Cooper? that that I've changed. I think if you look at the rankings from last month, I think I changed that. However, no, what I'm just saying is that you're doing fantasy just wrong. I mean, what if some last year? What if someone's like, I really like Odell Beckham. You're doing fantasy all wrong, and then Odell Beckham is like top three overall player for a dynasty startup. Then, then I'm here to make bold Rich statements, has, man. Rich okay? has to eat some humble pie, which he never does. He just glosses over it. You're right, man. <laughs> hey, I love humble pie, man. I have no problem in him. I'm wrong. I'm telling you, it just... But even so, like, so it, I'll just stay away from the bold statement. However, a hundred percent of the time, I would draft Amari Cooper over Kevin White. I just wouldn't be as bold to say, "Hey, if you take Kevin White over Amari Cooper, you're doing dynasty all wrong." I'm so, you never know, man. I, I I think you're doing it wrong. This okay. is my own personal opinion. All right. I mean, you, you obviously do too. If you're gonna take him a hundred out of a hundred times, I would. I'm I've been sold on Amari Cooper, man. It's I just think good to see him tra- already, like the way he, how his Christmas, tra- which we always thought it would, and we talked about on the rookie podcast, transfers over into his the Christmas? NFL level. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just making sure, man. It's Merry was... Christmas. <laughs> All right. The way he's so crisp, yeah. the way he unwraps those presents. He's good at it. All right, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on here. Let's uh, so let's talk rookie picks, okay? Now, th- we kind of want to give you an idea of what the value is. It's easy to say, sit here and say, "Hey, the value holds." You got to be careful about what you do with these rookie picks because when you look back at drafts and the way it ter- turns out, is a lot of these guys don't turn out to be much. And again, we always say the two thousand. 14 draft class is like a Christmas gift because so many people panned out. And not crispness. I was going to say it was, it was a Christmas <laughs> gift. Yeah, Mary, it was an X. It was, oh, I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. Yeah, yeah. this is getting rough, man. Go yeah. ahead. So going back to 2007, now me and Mike covered this already, and I don't want to go back into too much detail, but we talked about before that draft class. 
The only good players in that entire draft class were pretty much the first three players selected in that draft, and that was Adrian Peterson, Calvin Johnson, and Marshawn Lynch in that order. And actually, Calvin went first. And then Greg Olson. You took Greg Olson with the seventh pick, who I traded for Michael Turner. And then that's it. The rest of the draft class is people. And Dwayne Bowe went 2-1. Right. I think I had, like, Mike Sims-Walker in that draft, too. But, like, guys that, like, marginally contributed. Nobody that's going to get you over the hump to a championship. Yeah, you took Mike Walker in the third at three seven, and but still, yeah. I mean, that was like a very short lived. Right, lifespan. right, yeah. He had like two, two or three good years in fantasy. But and what does that draft class show us? Um, don't overvalue your draft picks because the entire draft can be bad. Right, except for the first couple high picks there. So right. that's what we learned in that draft class from 07. You only had four guys, five guys, out of the whole entire draft class out of six rounds that we did that held any value whatsoever pretty much but I, I do remember i mean like every single draft going into that thing being super excited about it oh so, right yeah th- that that's absolutely going to be the, the the case every year probably you know what i'm but, trying to say is you know t- try to table the emotions a little bit right and good, try not co- to get too excited about those drafts it makes yeah. bold i mean statements. you took michael bush you took michael bush at one four and you had to, yeah you're probably excited about it you know coming out of louisville and whoever took jamarcus russell you know, probably celebrated with some purple drink and was extremely excited about it. Right, exactly. And the guy who took Brady Quinn was like, yeah, now I'm done. Now I'm done. Let's see those <laughs> He abs. certainly was done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if we go ahead to 2008, what did we learn from 2008? Well, 2008 was probably one of the best draft classes since, you know, 14. Like before that, it was like a really big draft class, you know. We had some really good talent. At Chris Johnson went in the first round. Jamal Charles went in the first round. Jonathan Stewart went in the first round. Matt Forte was in that draft class. Justin Forsett, who is just now coming out and playing dividends, was in that draft class. Um, every single guy I took in that draft class was terrible. Uh, Chad Henney, Mario Manningham, John Carlson, Eddie Royal. Uh, not too good there. Was uh, Ray Rice in that one as well? Ray Rice was in that draft class. You took James Hardy that year. That we talked the, about that, that was last the James week. Hardy. That year, was yeah. a James Hardy. Uh, Richard Mendenhall, who was short lived but had value. Yeah, absolutely. you know, Richard Mendenhall was in that draft class. Um, I'm trying to think who was in 08, but I mean, you can see that that was a running back draft class right there. You know, that was Derek McFadden was in that time. draft class. Yeah. I think he was yeah. the first person taken overall, and that that draft class right there that was one where. You know, Juan himself, who he, he, he that's the year he traded all his first-round picks to get back into this draft class. He took Jamal Charles, Chris Johnson, Jonathan Stewart. He took Deshaun Jackson, who was in that draft class as well. And that that was a really good draft class. Yep. And But still, I mean, what do we name right there? About 12, 13 guys? Okay, so so, so far we're hit and miss. 07 sucked. 08 was good. Really but that good. was a really, really good draft. So we, right. So to roll. 08 oh, yeah, was a really good draft okay. and we got about 13 players out of it, right? Yeah, and exactly. So it's like a round, like a first round right. yeah. of players there. I mean, I'm sure you had some other guys that contributed down the road that you maybe well, could sure kind of get some yeah, stuff out of. I'm sure there's some serviceable, serviceable players. Joe Flacco. You took Joe Flacco that draft. Right. Uh, so that kind of panned out. You took him in the second round after you took Kevin Smith. Right. Which was a great pick right. at the time, by that the way. That was awesome. Great pick. Um, I mean, Steve Slayton had one year of wellness if you would have sold high on that uh but a lot of like yeah but know, he wasn't like he wasn't factoring in my lineup oh, and it was just jordy you know. nelson was in that draft class it was a pretty good draft class yeah because that's right. you know jordy nelson won the second round and but at the time if you didn't play dynasty in 2008 there's guys like lima swede you know oh, we're right he was supposed to be out of Texas, he went yeah. to right, yeah, mm-hmm. and he went to the Steelers, and everybody's like, okay, Lima yeah, Sweet. Roth- you have Roethlisberger, and you know they're always. I mean, that 
you go to the Steelers, you're you're assuming good everyone thing. everyone was thinking you know next Plexico Burris right exactly they like they're Felix Jones in Dallas people thought we're gonna do was gonna do well yeah, they um, went out they went out of their I believe they went out of their way to get Felix Jones like that was a big deal when the Cowboys drafted Felix yeah he Jones. went he went pretty high and then out of all those running backs there's bust I mean Ryan Terrain to the Broncos that year yeah. he was a first round pick and it didn't really work out too well for him in that draft class as well but again. That was a really good draft class. So you end up with about there's probably about 13, 15 guys here that you're you know you come away pretty happy with. Um, but again, a lot of guys that are bust, not bust, but you know, the whole point here is we're as you'll see as we go through here, there's not a lot of you're not coming away with tons of talent out of every rookie draft class. Um, so we go to 2009. Now 2009 is infamous for. You know, we thought it was going to be a really strong running back class. And the first three picks off the board that year were Donald Brown, Chris Brown, and Noshan Moreno. And then it went Michael Crabtree. Wait, 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 wait what? Green? Donald Brown. Oh, Beanie Wells, Chris Wells. Yeah, Chris Beanie Wells, sorry. You said Beanie Brown. Wells. Yeah. You said Brown. That's why you confused us. I don't know what I'm talking about today. Uh, I'm still thinking about Christmas over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love Chris Brown. So excited. <laughs> hey, you better be care- careful. I'll treat you like a Rihanna. Yeah, jeez. Keep talking. Oh, man. Um, so this, this is going to show you where we talked about the uh, high allegedly end. Allegedly treat him like? I'm yeah. allegedly treat him like, yeah, you know, okay. right. we'll take pictures afterwards and he'll smile <laughs> missing a tooth. Trying to get us sued. Seriously. <laughs> um, so 2009 is a really good draft class to look back at because it, you'll think we were talking about the, the high end of the draft where the value is. Well, the first four picks, you know, again, Donald Brown, you took one, one cause you loved him. Right. No Sean Moreno and Chris Wells were probably consensus one, two at the time. Um, but you were happy with your pick, and it, it kind of worked out for you because he lasted way longer than those other Wells. two. So I look like a genius picking a, mm. one of the worst. Neither one of us look like a genius. Okay. Neither are you or the okay. other guy that picked. Uh, well, I picked the best of the worst. Because, well, a lot of the f- because we missed Lashawn McCoy, who right. was in that draft class. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kenny Britt won the first round that year. Uh, Hakeem Nix won the first round, but then Sean Lashawn McCoy, who was mm-hmm. the fourth running back off the board. Ended up being the best running back at the Absolutely. time. Yeah. And, you know, Jeremy Macklin went in the first round, and Matt Stafford went in the first round Stafford of that as well. He was the last pick in that. He was the last pick in that draft. But, you know, Bernard Scott was a first round pick in that draft as well. And it's So there's not, there wasn't much, there wasn't much talent. There's a lot of hype and no substance outside of LaShawn McCoy, Matt Stafford, you know. And, and now, I think, I, was that the same year that Arian Foster went? This was going to say the best thing about the 2009 draft was where it goes to show where you always want to kind of, which it doesn't hurt to have those late-round picks, Aaron Foster won the fifth round yeah. of that draft class. Because I remember I, I drafted Steve Slayton like a year or two before that, and I, I wanted to get Aaron Foster's, and I, I got scooped by like one pick. Yeah, and it, it just it doesn't work. I mean, there's always those guys late in the draft picks. Yeah, I mean, and that's why it's always good to gamble on those running backs because right. usually that's where you're going to hit at, you know, like the Alfred Morris, uh, Aaron Foster, those kind of guys. So Aaron Foster won the fifth round that year, and it, that worked out. But then there was a, all the receivers that year that you thought you were getting really good receivers. I mean, there was Jeremy Macklin, but then you had the, you know Brian Rubisky's at the same time. Um, Percy Harvin, you had the Darius Hayward Bays. And I remember we were all on the same page on Darius Hayward Bay. He was the seventh overall pick in the NFL draft, and we all were like, what Why? are the Raiders doing? He didn't go – you're talking about the seventh overall pick in the NFL draft. He didn't go to the second round of that, of that draft. And right. we we're like, okay, no thank you for that guy. Um, I mean, then you got guys like Glenn Coffey in that draft who go, who play, and then retire because they want to join the priesthood. And then they get busted in an airport three weeks later with a loaded gun 
You're like, okay. Never heard from him again. Never heard from him again. You had Brian Hartline in the fifth round of that draft. That kind of that worked out really well. Yeah, I mean, if he was a wide receiver three yeah. for a long time. Definitely, there. he got like a thousand yards a couple seasons. Oh. Yeah, I mean, so every now and then, you know, a late round pick, uh, they come through every now and then. Right, absolutely. The guys yeah, I like why. to really take late round flyers on are those tight ends and and like you said, running running backs. backs yeah. yeah. So out of the whole draft, you come away with Lashawn McCoy. As, like, a superstar. And Stafford. I mean, I guess, yeah, Stafford's not a He's superstar. far from superstar. Right. I, I thought you were going to say, like, guys, you know, usable guys. Yeah, and then guys that you like, you know, you have Jeremy Macklin and you got Matt Stafford. Those are guys that you really like. And, I mean, if you have Crabtree, maybe you're a little excited, but nothing nothing great about that. Uh, but that's it. I mean, like, if you're talking about, like, sub, you know, some guys that you want in your starting lineup, you're talking Matt Stafford, Jeremy Macklin, LaShawn McCoy. Aaron Foster. And Arian Foster. Yep. So, but he's five guys, four or five guys. Yeah. So you have four guys on the entire draft in 2009. Right. And, and, and at that time, LaShawn McCoy only played two years in college. So he was Not a, a red, he was a red shirt sophomore. Mm-hmm. So, like, the other players had a little bit more. Uh, oh, LaShawn McCoy, like, yeah, right before the combine, was, too. He was all, he got sick, dropped like 10 pounds, came into the combine all light and everything. And just, so there's justification for him slipping, it, slipping in our draft. Yeah, I mean, you know, but. He went six overall, which isn't, which is still pretty, uh, pretty good. But again, it, 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 he's the best player to come in that draft. He went six. But yeah. again, substance. How many good players came out of this draft? Just a handful. Yep. And only one superstar. So it's almost like we, you know, you go two thousand seven, uh, two thousand. Well, besides the top end of the draft, it's super good, right? You have two thousand eight, and there's a lot of running backs in that draft class, and it turned out to be a really good draft class. Okay, two thousand eight. Then you go two thousand nine, and that's when you have just pretty much just yeah. a couple guys. Yep. Then you move on to two thousand ten. Two thousand ten, you had Des Bryant went one one to Matt. Hey hey. Now again, you're really happy there. Top pick of the draft, right? Well, who went number two? Ryan Matthews. Ryan Matthews. Yep. Okay. Not so happy with that draft pick right there. Not happy at all because. Definitely when Damaris Thomas goes right behind you. Yep. So 2010, all of a sudden you went running back draft class. The year before that was a running back draft class. Not No subs, no substance at really at receiver besides Calvin and then Macklin. But then all of a sudden you get Dez. All of a sudden you get Demarius Thomas. You get guys along those stature. So uh, that first round, now this, is a, this was, I like to deem, the tight end class because late in that draft class went Jimmy Graham. Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez, pretty much all three in a row. But they went where all majority of tight ends get drafted in dynasty leagues. Correct. I mean, you had Emmanuel Sanders. You know Sanders where the value is it for for tight ends? They they usually slip a little bit. You, right. You'll see. I think I've seen over the years, like since those, but since the, but since those guys, but you still had the Greg Olsons, the Jeremy Michael Finleys. Yeah. You know, okay. fair enough, um, I guess. I think because you know, at the time Jimmy Graham was coming out raw. As a uh, basketball player, um, Gronk was coming out the time. You know the reason, whole reason he slipped in the NFL draft was because of back injuries, and uh, you know at the time his back was a big question mark, which yeah, why was a he very slipped. Big question, yep. Um, and I, I still liked him a lot, and that's why I took him. I took him. I think I took another. I think I took Jermaine Gresham ahead of him. Actually, I think Jermaine you Gresham took him was in like a, the first round, didn't you? Second round, okay. I took Jermaine Gresham. But that was. I mean, this is like. Then we go back to a really good draft class. I mean, you got Golden Tate who went in the first round. I was going to say, just read off my list. I had a ton of guys. You had a great draft, uh, Matt. You took Des Bryant in the first. You took Golden Tate in the first. You took Mike Williams, who had a little, had a little wonder. Run. A little run. You took Eric Decker in the second. 
All right, you took a Legarrette. You took a Legarrette Blunt in the fir- fourth. So that's a pretty solid draft class. Yeah. Um, you know, Tommy. He, you know, he had Ryan Matthews, Sam Bradford, Aaron Hernandez. I mean, Aaron Hernandez is certainly like behind the bars, but for a couple of years there, he was right. pretty substantial in success. Right? Yeah. Yes. Um, so that was a good class. I mean, it seems like people, everybody here came away with a little bit of something. You know, Demarius Thomas went third. You're ecstatic about that. Jer- Javid Best went fourth. And that you know, was a stud for he, a couple of years, and then he just couldn't, you know, couldn't he, get he had over about the, a four game stretch there. He was really good, and then it was it. He just got hurt. Cuss, I mean, concussions, yeah. yeah, he hurt his neck and he couldn't play anymore. But the week before he got hurt, he busted off like 140 yards and had a 100 yard run or something along those lines. He he would have been terrific, I think, if he would have held up. And then, you know, Brandon LaFell right now contributing was a, a, a first round pick at the time. CJ Spiller was in that draft class, so this was a pretty good draft class. I mean, Ben Tate was a first round pick, but. Again, Mike took him at one six with keeping his curse alive. But then you got Jimmy Graham there in the third, which kind of overmade for it, you know. But at the same time, there's guys like Aurelius Ben in Tampa who's big, strong, and he didn't really work out too well. And but then he got Emmanuel Sanders in the third, which kind of offset that pick. Uh, other first round picks, obviously, there you know, the guy who took Montario Hardesty in the first mm-hmm. round pick. Oh. Well, guess what? He offset it by taking Antonio Brown right. in the third round of that year, and. It, it kind of works out. This sometimes. was a pretty pretty deep draft class then. It is. I mean, my draft class picks were terrible. So it sounds like the third round was great. Some like of the, the third mid, round picks yeah, in this like draft the middle. were pretty crazy. Yeah, there's this was a middle. So now that this draft class, what do we learn? You know, at the same time, the high, the high-end picks were still good. You know, uh, Dez, Demarius, uh, CJ Spiller still kind of worked out there in the first round. But then we had Gronk. We had Jimmy Graham in the third. We had... Uh, a couple of like you know Antonio Brown in the third round. This might be the greatest third round in the history of our rookie draft. Antonio right. Brown, Jimmy Graham, and Rob Gronkowski. I mean, give it in, in Emmanuel Sanders. There's no way we have ever had a third round that's kind of better than that. So it shows you that there is. We talked about before there isn't much value in third round picks, but you never know when you do acquire them. That's why you do acquire because all of a sudden you have a third round pick. You see, you had three. You you had three third round picks in this year's draft. You come away with Jimmy Graham, Antonio Brown, and Rob Gronkowski. Well. You're doing pretty good for yourself. That'd be insane. Absolutely. Um, and then you have the 2011 draft class, and we move on to there. One one overall, AJ Green, clear cut number one. Yeah. One two, Mark Ingram. You didn't get dividends on him until later. Probably like last year. But you got Jordan Cameron in that draft class, and you got Demarco Murray in that draft right. class. I, I mean, it, I got. I think I got Julius Thomas too. I believe. Oh, in late. Yeah. I don't. I don't see him on here. But yeah, I mean. Talking about two, talking about the reason you won last year. You had you put together two great drafts. I mean, in a two-year span, you had a Des Bryant, Golden Tate, Eric Decker. Uh, you added uh, Mark Ingram, Demarco Murray, and Jordan Cameron, and Julius Thomas, and Julius Thomas. Team. I mean, pretty solid. I mean, Julio Jones went one three. Uh, if you only can go back and take Julio over Mark Ingram, yeah. you'd be a little bit happier. Right. What are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you going to do? I had Roddy White at the time, so I think that was my justification for not taking Julio Jones at that point. And, but at the same time, I mean, you have you have guys in that draft class that went pretty high in the first round. Like, right after that rush, it went Mikel Lashur, Ryan Williams, Greg Little, Leonard Hankerson. Oh. I was reaching for wide receivers. Yeah, you were desperate. So Well, that was supposed to, uh, I mean. I, I took Roy Hallou in the first round that year. So, and then Randall Cobb went 111 that year. So, that was another... That was another good draft class. Wait, no, no. Randall Cobb did? Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. Randall Cobb, yeah. Yeah, he, he went, was that draft class. He went 111. Yeah, wow. the timing, right? Yeah, right. Holy then it went Torrey Smith, 112, where yeah. Mike was furious because he was taking uh, Torrey Smith. So that, that was, I mean, this is a pretty strong draft class here, too, back-to-back years. You know, Kyle Rudolph, Torrey Smith, 
Randall Cobb. All right, this you next know, one has to stink. So we would just assume that the next, you know, if we're going, if we're just going to go by a little pattern here, what we're trying to pick up here is the next one's going to stink a little bit in 2012. Well, the first pick in the draft was Trent Richardson. Terrible. Nothing, nothing, to, nothing says stinky like Trent Richardson. Terrible. Terrible. Guess, guess who went to? Andrew Luck, man. How bad do you feel? And now, Hein, of course, Hein, it's, it will always be that way in rookie drafts when you go back. Like, oh, I can't believe that you could have got Andrew Luck over. I can't believe that. And but we all said at the same time at the time, Andrew Luck was our number one player on the right. board. Uh, Robert Griffin third went third. Yep. But at the same time, Mike, you you always it seems like you've always rebounded off your first round picks you know, in the last couple of years because then you got Lamar Miller and T Y Hilton in second and the third. Right. Uh but, I, but I had no. Ch- I mean, I was picking third. I mean, like you know, or what, what was I going to do? You kind of just grab who falls. And RG three was, you know, was supposed you, to you be. You needed a quarterback, right? You? And yep. I needed a QB. I mean, it's not like it was a natural fit for you, right? I, I think two- it just it went the way the draft felt like that. That one, it just came to me. You know what I mean? Like the other two guys were those were the top three picks, and uh, there's nothing really I could do about it. It went in the first in the first round. It went you know at four and five. It was it went Doug Martin and it went David Wilson. Right. I mean, it could have been. It, I mean, I guess Doug Martin. Holds it, it, actually, it actually went Doug Martin, Justin Blackman, David Wilson. Okay. But well, either way, I mean, either way, even though own. Doug Martin has been named a starter in Tampa Bay already. Yeah. Big which is sandwich. which is good if you own any uh, Doug Martin shares still. But again, I mean, if you're talking on this this draft class on any real success, I mean, I took I had two first round picks. I took Stephen Hill and Isaiah Pede. Oh God. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's bad. But Alshon Jeffrey was in this uh, draft class. He was Ryan Tannehill yeah. was uh, in the draft class, so I, I snagged up later on. Uh, yeah, so yeah, you had those guys. Russell Wilson Kobe, was in this draft class. Kobe Fleener. Yeah, we're not talking Kobe Fleener here. Michael Floyd, who has yet to do anything of subs, of a stuff, you know, substance. Uh, Russell Wilson, third round pick. Yeah, you know, he's, he went two nine. Okay. Russ, big Russ, went two nine, and T. Y. Hillen went the third too, and Lamar Miller went the second. So it wasn't like. A lot of talent in this one, but there's some pretty good players. I mean, definitely when you go Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck. That's was that enough. Andre Ellington year too, or no? No, was that, next that was that was 2013. Okay. Nick Foles went in the fourth round of that draft, so that's not bad either. Yeah, I mean, for a fourth get a, round get a pick, starting, get a starting quarterback in the fourth round, right? But I mean, as you can see too, we're not really naming anybody after the third round. I mean, third round. I mean, we did those tight ends and a couple players after the third round have had success. Yeah, not many. I don't think we've named very many guys after the third round to make you think that when you're uh, entertaining trades that anything after the third round is something to like even consider to me that's just fluff and just add in I might ask for a fourth round pick could have got Dwayne Allen for a fourth at, round pick at, that year at the end of hey like me and Matt have constructed a deal and me being like a salesman by trade at the end I might just try to be like hey let's uh, try to get that just like, hey, it's just, it's a lottery ticket. Probably not going to work, and you know what I right. mean. But I I would never make or break that. You know, if, if, making if a I deal. had a deal that I felt comfortable with, and the dude was like throwing a fourth round pick and it sold, I'd be like, no, right, exactly, done. right, done. exactly. You don't, it don't, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no I, skin off my. The back. key is yeah, throw those in as fluff. You know what I mean? Yeah, make, if make if every, it makes the guy feel better, throw it in. Throw it in as fluff and just. Take it for the heck of it as a lottery ticket right. if, you if you can, can get it. If you it. can get it, then, right. then pry it away because you right. never know. I mean, but then, you you know, when you do get these first-round picks, if you do make trades, I made a trade for the following year. I traded Frank Gore for your first-round pick, and I got Le'Veon Bell out of it come 2013. 
2013 seems like it was a pretty solid. I, 2013, just like for first glance, looks like it's a pretty solid draft class. That that was the year, Mike. You got Gio Bernard, Keenan Allen, Andre Ellington were your first three picks. Right. You got to be happy with those. Um, yeah. First round, second round, third round. Not yeah. Like the first three picks. Yes. Yeah. You know, Eric came away with Eddie Lacy, Travis Kelsey, Latavius Murray, and Joseph Randall. So that was a 1-5, pick 2-6. Latavius was 3-2, Joseph Randall 3-3. Pretty happy now here in 2015 with those picks, a pretty solid draft. Um, Josh Gordon won the supplemental draft of that year. Uh, Tyler Eifert went at the last pick of that draft, and along with Geno Smith went into second round of that draft. That's about it for there. Um, Niles Davis was a third-round pick in that draft class. Thank you very much. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins went six in that draft class, who Mike and I loved way more than Tavon Austin at the time. And you had, at the same time, you had Kristen Michael as a first-round pick, and everybody's still kind of waiting on that Kristen Michael turnaround. Marcus Lattimore was a first-round pick uh-huh. in that draft class. But then you came with you know, Jordan Reed, who has some good upside at tight end in Washington this year. And besides that, I mean, you know, I came away with Monty Ball at 1-2. Whoops. But at least I got Le'Veon Bell at 1-4. That's, that, that, that's all I got. Yeah, that was that saved you, man, because that could have been ugly. I, mean, I, I think, like, I mean, based off of what we've all, I mean, I guess to kind of summarize, we've named a lot of players. We named a lot of rounds. Um, you know, it's a lot to take in. But I think, like, basically what it tells you is the drafts aren't very deep per se we didn't really name anyone after the a very few guys did we name after the fourth round and it's the, a crapshoot like the nfl draft right it's a total crapshoot but like what what i think i wouldn't be afraid to trade a draft pick for a proven commodity ever ever because the way we we've we're naming like guys for most the majority of the first rounds half of at best, half of them are panning out, and the other half aren't. So it's like you're fifty-fifty at best. To get a player that can even start, let alone start. Right. Absolutely. Right. I mean, I do want to have just add the one caveat. I mean, obviously, yeah. if you're rebuilding, just try to get as many as possible. Don't just don't just go for the players. A hundred silly. A hundred percent. Right. But otherwise, I mean, don't. I mean, yeah. If you're one of the you know the the worst teams in your league, obviously you got to build through the draft. Right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't sell away all my picks. But what I'm, I guess, what I'm trying to say is. You well, know, the key is the, you, the more you have, the better your odds. That's the thing. You have maybe on a good draft class, you have what twelve or thirteen, maybe fifteen players out of the six rounds that we just mentioned. Yeah, right. So I mean, if you can come away with four of them, you're, you have twenty five percent of the success of that draft class. I was say you want to obviously top load it as much as possible, but there are guys to get down there still. You know, like because if there's five guys that miss in the first round, there's going to be five guys that hit in rounds two three four you know like right, right. sprinkled down yes. through the rest of the draft that you know you you weren't really expecting to hit so and you still need your rookie picks to build a successful dynasty team you need youth to have longevity okay so it's a catch-22 right but you want to win so if you can get a quality player like mike said for a first round pick you shouldn't hesitate to do it you know in the, in the, yeah, especially if you're in a position to compete, I don't think like that. I, I wouldn't. I don't want to say not hesitate, but I mean like I would entertain. That's something I would that that holds value to a team that might be in rebuild mode, and you know, especially if your team's like in that second, that last quarter, you know, eight, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I, I'm not afraid to trade that pick, and that's why you get 
you get questions like, hey, man, this guy offered me uh, Vincent Jackson and three first-round picks for A.J. Green. Should I do it? Like, no, dude, you have A.J. Green. What do you right. You what do you, you you'd be lucky if one of those three first round picks can come close to AJ Green. Right. You know I always I mean? think like you have three first round picks. What's gonna happen is one dude'll be good, one dude's a bust, and one dude's just mediocre. Like you play him every now and then. And when you play him, you're like, Man, I gotta start I gotta start I gotta start Eddie Royal. Right. Uh, exactly. You know what I mean? Man, it's, what am I doing wrong in Dynasty? I need to get on a Dynasty Nerds podcast and see trying to fix this thing. Yeah. So it, it it's again, it just Basically, what it all comes down to is rookie picks like NFL picks are a gamble. And if you're willing to gamble, which when you're in rebuilding is what you kind of got to do, then you're all for it. But, again, proven players are are really where it's it's – that's what you want, you know. And even if it's a couple years of success, it's the way to go. So, But the thing is, people, they do want those first-round picks. They do love – they obsess about those first-round picks. Because it's fun. I, yeah, that's fun. I like drafting. It's, it's a, one of the funnest part about Dynasty is right. a rookie draft because that's absolutely. you don't have redrafts. So, but you know what's funner is winning championships. Yeah, absolutely. So what you should do a good you know is use that first round pick to your advantage. Use that first round pick and a and an okay player to go get a really good player. You know, use that Vincent Jackson or uh, that Jeremy Macklin in a first round pick to go get an AJ Green if you can or to go get a really good running back. It all it all goes back to something Matt said a long time ago too is like being honest with yourself about your team, man. You know what I mean? Like hey, if you can compete and you can win, you know, do it and it, it, if you're if you're not good, if you're in the middle, if you're middle of the pack or you're losing, that's when you acquire the picks, but you got to be honest with yourself. Don't, you know, don't go if you're you know, if you're kind of being fake to yourself, thinking you have a chance, and you're selling your draft picks for, you know, a player, and all of a sudden you have the worst team in the league. I was say, you, that's you, when you really that, bottom out. Right. You but know. then you don't have the assets even and to, you don't to have crawl the, out. You exactly. Guys, yeah. It's a long rebuild. It's a long point. rebuild right. when you do stuff like that. So it's, it's really, I guess, step one is being honest with your assessment of your team and seeing where you're at, and then from there – making the, the correct moves do i stay pat do i trade my you know my assets for picks or do i try to acquire and try to win a championship and stay at the top you it, know the top it, quarter of the the league it's a great part of dynasty as well as because you know rebuilding can be just as fun you know what i mean because you get those players that you believe are going to be the next superstars you get those first over you get those des bryans right you get those aj greens you know what i mean you it's get, all hope, man. You get the time. You know, when you're bad, you that's all you got. You have the the you're looking for that hope. You know, it's a hope of yo. Oh, I got Todd Gurley. I hope I have the next Adrian Peterson. Right. Which I hope helps me win the next <laughs> you know three championships. And that's whatever. how you build a dynasty. All of a sudden, right. you have three you know a couple of years of high draft picks, and if you hit them all, now your teams people look back now like years later. But like, how do you have Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson, Adrian Peterson? And Des Bryant on your team, like man, I, I really sucked there for a couple of years. Yep. You're like, like, wow, you're really good. I'm like, nah, I just really sucked for yeah, a while. Yeah, I sucked there. for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of bad draft picks before I got lucky on these draft picks. Trust me, there's there right. was the Kevin Whites out there as well. Um, whoa, whoa, wow, whoa, God, God, just like ending this guy's career. Here. That's already. a Christmas gift for you, oh, buddy. Geez. All he did is hurt his shin for crying out loud. Why <laughs> should be the year. next Odell Beckham? He's not bringing so this podcast. He's gonna be so good. So, uh, 
So that's 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 a, a little taste of rookie picks, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we were just kind of hoping we were thinking about this podcast that if we can go back through the years and discuss some of the players that were that were drafted, maybe that'd help you a little bit to kind of understand of how the drafts really pan out. Definitely, if you're or cause a I, new player, I, right? Because I feel like a lot of people that you know that I communicate with on Twitter, they seem like they're more newer players. Well, this for is dynasty the, for like you know maybe like second. You know, th- I r- rarely see people like more than you know a couple years or whatever. Well, so most players have been playing for a long time or experienced, and they kind of they're kind of set how they want to play and run their team. You right, know? right. And dynasty fantasy football is one of the most growing markets out there. I mean, it's a reason why this podcast has found success. Dynastynerds.com has found success is because people are falling in love with dynasty fantasy football, and a lot of people don't know. What to do, and that's why you know a lot of our podcasts are evergreen podcasts. And you can go back if you this is your first podcast, you can read the title of our podcast. There's so many different podcasts that we did that kind of help you along the way to kind of give you a, an idea and grasp the concept of dynasty. Right, go right, back, yeah, and, go back you know, in the archives and look at look at some of those. Yeah, I mean, the NFL listen. is definitely fluid, so some of the player situations and information right. might be have changed. But I think the, the theories yeah. and the concepts behind it are yeah. all are all and the valid. strategy. Right is again. I mean, we've been playing Dynasty for well over ten years, and it's you know things that we found along the lines that we you know seem hold true over time, and that measure and get lead to success. A lot of trial it. and error, you know, that we experience that what we think is successful. That's why we're bringing you the podcast, you know. But it is a lot of trial and error on our end, where where there was no avenues to figure out rankings and things like that. Right, and a so, podcast like today, I mean. It's for the it's it is mostly for the players that are like just starting off, you know, and it's it, this is the kind of the time of the year for that, you know, like right. for a, a startup draft to happen and stuff like that. So just even if you, even if you're not new to Dynasty, it's it is good to refresh on this kind of stuff. Yeah, it oh, is a good look for us to look back and see, wow, right. look at these picks I made. I took right. Chad Henney in the first round. What the hell was I thinking? You right. know what I mean? Like I took, I took, I took Roy Hulu, you know, which isn't horrible. I mean, I took Dexter McCluster in the first round. Like, come on, what was I thinking? Right. So it's even good for me to look back in some of the decisions. I like to go back in our book and look at some of the rookie drafts and trades that were made and see kind of how that how they went down to help me a better player and refresh. Because it's 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 a constant battle in Dynasty. You, the worst thing you could possibly do is stay stagnant. So you got to keep your team moving. You gotta you gotta you gotta explore every avenue. You gotta throw trades out there. It doesn't mean you're gonna accept that trade to, to see which where your what kind of value that player holds. Or what other people think of that player, uh, and how to always the key to you know the key here in Dynasty as well is what can I do to win a championship? What's the next step I can do to make my team better? Whether it be draft picks, whether it be players, like Matt says, be honest with your team. Where are my holes at? Where do I need to improve? How do I do it? And that's your goal, because again, the end all be all is not how your team looks on paper. It's to win championships. So. Again, it's it's good to do that, and it's good. That's why it's good uh, to keep a book and keep a record of all the transactions made, so you can look back on it. And it's fun too. They, when you're around with all the people in the league, and you look back, like, hey, remember this trade you made in 2005? You're an idiot. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I was. That's but what I, Rich does right after you trade with him. Oh, right, <laughs> right man. Well, immediately after the accept book. Well, Rich will <laughs> Rich will show you all the trades where you look like an idiot. Right. Yeah, he, uh, he loves doing that. Well, you know, I made a lot of them myself yeah. as well. Again. Oh, yeah, I, we never hear about him. <laughs> oh, you hear about my Monty Ball for Le'Veon yeah, Bell straight up, straight all the time. That's true. And I'm not afraid to make my bad trades. Fair Just because I make some good trades doesn't mean anything. But uh, so that helps out. I also want to uh, 
for this season coming up now that we're actually getting back into football here, um, we're going to, you know, last year, we're going to definitely change the format of how we do in-season podcasts like we did last year. How we went through all the games. We're going to go through now. We're going to have, uh, we're going to talk about what's going on through the week. And at some point through the podcast, we're going to talk about our sleeper of the week. We're going to talk about our sell high player of the week and our buy low player of the week as well uh, for every episode. And we'll talk about nuggets of the week. If you have any, you know, ideas of or suggestions that you'd want in the podcast during the in-season or what you want to hear, don't be afraid to tweet at us or email. Uh, but we're going to try to give you the best in-season dynasty podcast that we possibly can. Also, we're excited to announce that we do have uh, eight new writers for the podcast for the website. Yeah. So we will be giving you a new article on a daily basis to help you in-season and throughout the year on DynastyNerds.com. So excited now that we have about 10 staff writers for the website which uh, will only help me and everybody else hopefully become better Dynasty players. Absolutely. And if uh, you want to help support the website, don't forget to get on, you know, get on there on a forum all the time and check the website out. Check out the rankings. Interact with our awesome users. Uh, if you can, the best way to support the podcast is to get on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. Helps us uh, get the podcast out there to more people looking for help. Because some people need it, like Mike over there. Yes, He's he helping all the wrong ways. <laughs> uh, and if you want to support the, fin- uh, the podcast financially, you can always go on DynastyNerds.com and buy an awesome Dynasty Nerds t-shirt. Those are sweet tees, uh, man. Yep. We just take all that money, put it right back in the set website, and bring on writers to help you guys make a, a better Dynasty team. Right. Don't have to agree with everything, but it's great to hear everyone's counterpoints. You know what I mean? Like, so devil's advocate on some things you know it's kind of cool i think there was a sammy watkins article that was out recently and, so and people and I, I told it when he when he sent the article in i was like dude i don't agree with this whatsoever i was like but we're gonna post it because it's your opinion you know what i mean and so, and on twitter he got people that agreed with him and they liked you know they liked right. it right and, you know said and, and it's good you should never say you know in dynasty it's just good to communicate you know, you don't always have, nobody's going to always agree. You're going to assess a player different than another player, and you're well, going to hold value see, different. It's good to see point-counterpoint, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's all like, fun conversation right. to have. It, it really is. And, again, all conversation makes you a better dynasty player. That's right. Get that, that brain moving, man. That's what we're all striving to be. And you never know what nuggets you'll fall out. And it, it just takes one little nugget in conversation with somebody else. Say, oh, I never thought about that aspect of it. And, you know, yeah, I do like that player all of a sudden. And a player you might not even be thinking of. You know, so DynastyNerds.com, we love it. That's right. So, yep. well, until next week, as these guys just laugh at me over here on a consistent basis, uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, if you have any questions you want to hit me up, you can hit me up on Twitter at DynastyRich. I'm at DynastyMet. At DynastyNerdMike. I feel like this was the one episode where everybody hated on me today. What? No. You just dropped a lot of nuggets. <laughs> I know. So <laughs> many nuggets as well. I saw you guys appreciating the way the I said nuggets over there. So, guys, until next week, I'm gonna go uh, find a bowl of Cheerios and cry into them. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, guys. Ho ho ho! Cheerio. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight, and follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.